Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello, hello, hello. It's exciting. Great to be here. I'm so excited to get to talk about uh, Jesus again today and, and celebrate and what else we're going to talk about. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. You know, Pete. I love this time of the year. I do too. I, I, it's, sometimes it's like, um, I wish every day was like that where, you know, we were at, uh, where was I at? I took, my family was in town and we went to, oh, SeaWorld. And so we were all at SeaWorld and they're just singing Jesus songs all over the place. Nice. And, and I watching other people, we were at the Orca show or whatever, and they were singing Jesus songs and I'm watching all the people around and they're all singing Jesus songs and, you know, joy to the world and the King has come and, you know, Bethlehem and all these other songs, you know, and Love it. I'm just like, man, can we just not duplicate this every single day and, and it's just have every that. day were Christmas. Man. It was, a, and then they did the manger. They do this like manger scene thing, or like, like they did this whole Broadway show based off of if it was coming from the the animals' perspective. And so, like, the, if the animals were telling about what happened during that time, and even then they were just singing and talking about Jesus constantly, the Savior is born, and all of that. So it's like people accept it during this time, but it seems like the rest of the year, I don't know. Maybe they don't. I don't know. All I know is that Jesus has radically rocked my world and changed my life, and I cannot stop talking about him. And I just pray that the world catches on. I mean, I pray for revival or something. You know, know. you mentioned that. Me too. Christmas, I love the Christmas time of year. And maybe that's what it is because Jesus is everywhere. And, and, it's, and it's all, man, I wish it could be like that all the time. Yeah. And it really, it should be like that all the time. I went to a Christmas concert. Um, it was the uh, Stetson Chorus and Orchestra, and it was just an, an amazing, I don't know, it's like two hours, two and a half hours, wow. where they're just playing all this classical, you know, what yeah, we would probably call Christmas I mean, music. Intermission? No, no, they went straight through, wow. and they, they were like, no applause, no applause, because, you know, they kind of wanted to stay on track. But you know what was striking me during, you know, listening to the music and the, and the, and the lyrics and everything, I'm like... And I just, I pray these kids understand what they're singing about. Yeah. That's what kept ringing in my heart. I'm like, they're singing about the light of the world. They're singing about peace. And I'm like, everything, it's the, every song they're singing has the gospel in it. And I'm like, man, do they get that? Do you know how many of them get that? Do you know that what you just said is a pastor's heart? That you have a pastor's heart? Because that's the way you think. Isn't that exciting? No. There it is right there. You have a pastor's heart. I don't know how many times we got to tell you that. <laughs> and, and, and until, we, it, until it sticks, apparently. I mean, you just got done teaching on a Sunday. I mean, uh, we, I think we talked about that last week. Yeah, what a blessing yeah. that was. And then this weekend, we're both getting to go to see uh, for King and Country. That and it's their fun. Christmas thing. Yeah. And this Saturday is men's breakfast. And this Saturday is men's breakfast. And you're teaching this week. Uh, um, Can you say teaching? I'm gonna you're facilitate. leading the discussion. Yeah. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Because we don't do, it's not, we don't preach to people. Yeah. We're not teaching people. Ask this, questions. This is about discussion. This group is so incredible that you Love don't it. have to really do much. So I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited about this yeah. Saturday and and uh, watching you lead. And we we'll probably probably get to eat some good food. I'd give a shout out to Jeremiah, but, you know, <laughs> he'd have to actually listen to the show to get you. 
one of these days he's going to listen to the show we had somebody comment one time says man i want a jeremiah bobblehead right yeah so it's it's funny because we talk about that all the time but so that's exciting you got any big plans for christmas you making any any trips no we're going well yeah next week we'll be doing the show from gatlinburg oh, that's right Tennessee. that's right you're going to be back here in the, in that, I'll be in warm central Florida yeah. and you'll be up in the snow. Yeah. So I'll pray, mountains. pray that God would give us a good kind of cool spot that we can do it at. So yeah. that's what we're trying. That's what we're hoping for. We'll see. And it then depends you get on back, the weather. And then I go to Virginia. We're going to flip flop. So yep. then I'll go to the cold. You can be down in yep. the warm. Man, could do, I mean, you could do one out the, outside or do, I don't be, know, something. I could go down to dog street. That'd be fun. It's beautiful down there. It's all, it's colonial Williamsburg is yeah. all, they all deck it out for Christmas, yeah. like 1700s Christmas. It's really cool. Wow. You should come up and I, do a show from there. We thought about that. We we looked into it. You still could. It's not too late. I don't know. So if you want Pete and Christine to travel to Williamsburg, <laughs> Virginia, let us know in the comments. We still got time. We my got daughter, two weeks. From what I know is my daughter is going to be going that way at the end of the year. My my middle daughter. So it could be my epic. oldest daughter. Yeah. You know, we were talking about epic, oh, yeah, epic trips, cool. right? So um, my, me and my girls, we kind of made this pact uh, a couple months ago that, you know, we're just, maybe it's just, so I got a couple of things. I know, side note, squirrel. I have a, <laughs> I have a jar of, I have a jar of jelly beans I keep in the kitchen. And I did it, I don't know, a few years ago. And I put, um, I put one jelly bean in the jar for every month that I have before Sammy goes to college. Huh. So the first of every month we open up the jar and she eats a jelly bean. Wow. So as the jar gets less and less jelly beans, I know I have less and less time with my daughter. Wow. So with that as a kind of context, yeah, we came up, our family decided in the next, before she leaves, or really, I think our goal was in the next five years, we want to create 100 epic days in at least 30 different places. Wow. So they can't all be in yeah. Orlando, right? Yeah. Like we, we got to go different places. You got to travel. You got to do mm. different things. So that is the goal to have 100 epic days over the next five years. You know, so, it'd be a cool epic day, like in next year, not next year, 2023, but 2024. Yeah. Yep. Do one day in Israel, yep. do one day in Egypt yep. and do one day in Jordan. Well, if we don't on that 12 day trip, if yeah. we can't get five or six epic days, I'll be shocked. Yeah. So with that said, so let's just kind of fill you in what we're talking about. Riot Podcast is going to Israel and we're inviting you. And yes. so if you want to go, we're going to set it for June of 2024. We're giving people plenty of time to prepare. A year and a half, folks. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, it's going to be amazing. We're going to actually do the footsteps of Moses through Egypt. So we're going to go to Mount Sinai. We're going to climb the top of Mount Sinai. We're going to see where um, some of the earliest manuscripts were found, like what we use today. You're going to for... get the float in a basket down the Nile River. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, not, no, oh, no. But oh, we will see pyramids. We're not going back that far. We will see pyramids and go into pyramids and we'll see a lot of No stuff. way. Yeah. And then we're going to go to Israel. We're going to do all the Israel tour. And we're going to go to Jordan and see Petra and, and see kind of that stuff. So it's going to be exciting. That sounds like an epic trip. It's going to be amazing. So we're inviting our listeners to go with us. It's going to be myself, Bob and Barry. And uh, we're going to see, you're going to meet our wives and our children. If any of them go with us, well, that'd be cool. We're going to do an interest meeting coming up here in the yeah, spring, next probably year, March, February, March. We'll figure it out. Okay. Um, can, can they zoom in on that call? Because yeah, we're we going to do people zoom. all around the world. So you don't have to be from Orlando. No, to no, go no, on this no, trip. no, 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 we're going to zoom in. And then my, my lovely wife, uh, we are, uh, she owns a tour operation business. And so for a travel, she's a child tour operator. So we will, we have our own ground team. We have our own, um, our own tour guys, we have everything already prepared. So we could take care of all of the travel needs, anything that you have to help you out. So we're going to get that information. We'll get it up on the website, riotpodcast.co. Um, and then we'll also get it up. Um, we'll start 
promoting it nonstop for the next, you know, but this trip January. is going to be, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. It's going to be like going on a cruise, right? It's going to be all inclusive. Oh yeah. Yeah. Your, your food's included. The majority your of the meals, there's going to be some lunches, not, but everything. Yeah. yeah. And I even heard that the, the, the tour company is not taking any profit on this. They're going to keep it as cheap as possible. That's what I understand. So <laughs> Weird. if they weren't going to do that, they are now. So yeah. The, the goal <laughs> is to get as many people as can can travel with us. And it's going to be exciting. Awesome. We'll have we'll have some worship. We'll have some time that we'll just we'll talk about what's going on in those in those places. And according to the Bible and, and yeah, it'll yeah. be really cool. Can you imagine? We're going to see the Red Sea, right? We're yeah. gonna, so we're going to see pyramids. We're going to see the Red Sea. Yeah. You're going to be River. able to see where. Uh, where, where Jesus taught on the Sea of Galilee, you're gonna get yep. to go to uh, you know Jerusalem and see where the yep. the Temple Mount is. Yep. And man, it's gonna be so so crazy. A lot awesome. of people. I mean, you talk to some people say, "Oh, I've been to Israel before," but I always say, "Oh, have you been to Egypt? Have you done the footsteps of Moses?" And ninety nine percent of them, no, I haven't. Have yeah. you been to Mount Sinai? No. Have you been to Petra? Yeah. Well, some people have because there's a lot of Israel trips that sometimes include Petra, but Egypt, that Moses trip, the pyramid trip, that's what separates Come this on, trip. Gonna that's gonna be a lot of exciting. So anyway, we'll be talking about that more later. We're just starting June, to slowly setting it up. 24, 18 yeah. months away. Start planning. Start putting your pennies in a jar. That's it. And uh, man, come. We'll join even put us. together like a payment plan for people to go. So it'll be fun. Yeah, we we just man, it's just going to be it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Epic. That's going to be one of those. I times. love it. All right. So what else are we talking about? Um, that's it. What else is good? Everything is good, man. I don't know. My football team blew up. My, oh, my Trojans. Yeah. Utah beat them twice. Yeah, that's their Achilles uh, heel, I, I guess, took them right? Out. That's their yeah. nemesis, their, their Krypton. Kryptonite. My team is going to be playing a bowl game here in Orlando, oh, and I'm oh, going to cool. be in Williamsburg. Oh. Can you believe that? Maybe I should go then for you. <laughs> Let me I'm going to have to watch it on TV in Williamsburg when I could have gone to the game. I'm like, Crystal, you want to come back from... No, I got a big negative on that one. Yeah, no. Yeah. Not when you're already up there. We're already up there. Yeah, well, you're gonna go you're gonna go to Washington, DC for a day or two. Yeah. Right there. Definitely. I'm we're planning on going to the Bible Museum. Oh man, I'm so jealous. It's so so cool. And then something I've never done before. I think we're gonna go to Mount Vernon. That's amazing. So too. anybody that's listened to this more than one show is probably knows I'm a big fan of of George Washington. POTUS one, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, I really want to see his home. And, and man, I just, I've heard good things about it. I've driven by it before, yeah. kind of got a glimpse of it, yeah. but I've never been able to go in. So man, that's, that's love to do the that. plan. Make a trip. We I could do a podcast. That would be podcast. fun. We could do one in Williamsburg and do one in DC. Wouldn't that be cool to do it with? Are Mount, we allowed to talk about what? Jesus in DC? Is that allowed? Of course. Oh, Mount okay, Vernon, some good churches there. But Mount Vernon in the back, you know, we could just sit Can up you in front. imagine? <laughs> Maybe we could even get George to do a, a cameo. Yeah, right. Oh, we could cut him An in. An actor or something. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> oh, they have them everywhere. They, yeah, it'd be awesome. All right. Well, let's get into today's show. Um, so it's Christmas time, right? Yes. So, we were thinking, well, what could we talk about or what can we do? So we're going to kind of take a little bit of a different approach. Um, so we're going to we're going to cover Matthew one and talk about Matthew two. And um, over the next three weeks, yeah, right? yeah over yeah. the next three weeks. And we're just going to kind of like break it down maybe a little bit differently than what you would normally hear maybe on a Sunday morning. Maybe you would. I mean, some churches would do this, too. Um, but one of the things that we really want to do is, is to start it off with the genealogy of Jesus. Wait a minute. You're yeah. not going to make me read this, are you? You want me to read it? These names are no. I don't make I'll, them up. I'll help you oh, with them. I'll just make them up. Yeah, they don't know, right? Well, I would. I mean, <laughs> some people do, but I'll help you. Um, but it, but again, it's 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 kind of exciting because we're gonna. It's it's a fulfillment of a prophecy that God gave Abraham, and I don't think a lot of people 
realize the importance or the significance of that. So we're going to kind of touch upon that a little bit. We're just going to go into that. And so this is a very big deal, what's going on and uh, the birth of Christ. And so we're going to talk about that. So I'm excited about this show. So let's get going. You want to pray? Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Heavenly Father, thank you first just to have this opportunity to talk about you. I thank you that we have this time together every week and that our listeners are just so grateful for them. I ask that you would bless them today, bless them during this holiday season, Lord. And uh, as Christmas comes and as we just get to think about uh, the sacrifice that you made coming to this place and, and, and then dying for us and raising from the dead, Lord, man, what a just what a great memory it is for us to uh, to just reflect on during this holiday time. I think, Lord, it's just the perfect time to invite people. It's a per- perfect time to be able to talk about Jesus, and I just love this time of year. Thank you for loving us enough to do that. Thank you for this show. I ask you to be with our listeners today. Lord, bless everything we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Let's get going. All right. So Pete already kind of mentioned this, but over mm-hmm. the next three weeks leading up to Christmas, we're going to unpack Matthew number or Matthew number Matthew one and Matthew two. We will focus on the birth of Jesus and his proclamation of being king. Imagine you were alive during this time. I do that a lot. Do you ever yeah. do that? You like try to oh, put yeah. yourself in that, oh, in yeah. that time. Oh yeah. I don't know. It's just it's cool mm. to do that. Yeah. Imagine you were alive during that time and a man suddenly appears and claims to be a king, in which you, the public, would want proof. Like if somebody said you were a king, you'd want to know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How come you can? How come you say that? Yeah. You might ask yourself, what is his background? Or- well, especially coming from that culture, because yeah. in that culture, everything is based off their their heritage. And so we're going to talk about that today. But it's to them, it's a big deal to us, maybe a little bit, yeah. you know, but back then it was really lineage was like everything, everything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who pays homage to him? Yep. I don't know. What credentials can he present to prove he is actually king? So we're going to go through some of those things. Anticipating these important questions, Matthew opened his book with a careful account of the birth of Jesus and the events that accompanied it. His, he presented four facts about the king, and over the next three weeks, we will unpack all four of those facts. The first one we will cover today is in chapter 1, verses 1 through 17, one through 17 yeah. the heredity of the king or his family tree. Yep. Since royalty depends on heredity, it is important for Jesus to establish his rights to David's throne. Matthew gave his human heredity in verses 1 through 17, as well as his divine heredity in 18 through 25. We'll get to that next week, but it's, it's you know, talking about Mary and having a virgin birth. We're going to get into that, but that's the divine heredity. So we're going to prove, you know, that what Matthew was doing was... Um, you know, proving that Jesus has a right to the throne. So based off his, his, his genealogy, based off of all of that, he's, you know, he has a right to the throne. So that's what we're going to kind of get into. He, so, he's almost like a, like a prosecutor proving his case. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. You know, attention here, here's, here's the facts of the case and kind of leads us through that. Yep. So well, let's, speak, let's let, read it. Let's read and then we'll get into it. So all Matthew's right. going to take the genealogy um, from Abraham. There's another part where, you know, the genealogy of Jesus is, is in Luke 3. So that he takes from Adam. And we're going to talk about the differences between the two. So let's okay. go ahead and read 1 through 17 and we'll get going. All right. So we are in the ESV version and Matthew 1. And I'm going to try to stumble through these names. He will help me where we're I'm going to have some fun with it. <laughs> we'll have some fun with it. All right. Here we go. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, 
and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez, the father of Hezron, and Hezron, the father of Ram, and Ram, the father, uh, here we go, Amadadad, Amadad, and Amadadad, easy for me to say, the father of Nation, yeah. and Nation, the father of, is it salmon? Yeah. Or salmon. I don't, I don't know. Salmon sounds good. He's not a fish. Sure. All right. We're going and, with salmon. And, and we're going to go with salmon. And salmon, the father of Boaz, by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed, by Ruth. Obed. Obed. So this isn't as bad as I thought no, it was going to be. No. And Obed, the father of Jesse. Oh, ooh, I know who Jesse's the father of. Yep. And Jesse, the father of King David. Okay. So both genealogies, Luke or Matthew 1 and Luke 3, all are the same up to this point. This is where it changes. Go ahead. We get a little, we get a little uh, twist in the family tree. Yep. All right. And then David, as you know, was the father of Solomon by his, by the wife. This is so interesting. They, they call this out uh, by the wife of Uriah. Yeah. He had many of them. So, and Solomon, the well, it's true. And Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, Rehoboam and Rehoboam, the father of Abijah yeah, and Abijah, yeah. the father of As. Asaph? Asaph. Careful how you say Asaph. that. Asaph. Yeah. And Asaph, the father of Je Jehoshaphat. Je and Jehoshaphat, the father of Jeram. Jeram. Jeram, the father of Uzziah. Yep. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Gotham. Gotham? Gotham. Jotham. Like, yep. oh, like Gotham with yep. a J. Yeah. Jotham. And Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Yeah. And then Ahaz was the father of Hezekiah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Hezekiah is one of the best kings. Ahaz yeah, he was had. a good dude. Yeah. And then uh, Manasseh. Manasseh? Yep. Manasseh? Yeah. I don't know. Manasseh. Manasseh, yep. the father of Amos. Uh -huh. Amos. I can do that one. Yep. And Amos, the father of Josiah. Uh -huh. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah. Yeah. One of my favorite. Yeah. I have not. And his brother. <laughs> And his brothers, I'm just making stuff up now, but I'm still reading. I'm still reading. We're still in Matthew one at the time. Okay. So Jeconiah and his brothers. And at that time, the deportation to Babylon. Yeah. Okay. So we, so all, now, we know about that. So there's so now, 14 more generations. Yep. There. So now, so wait, okay. where are we at? Whew. We're in verse 12. Okay. Go for we it. We got through one flow. We're almost okay. done. So we got, we got 14 more generations, I think. Jeconiah was the most wicked. We're going to talk about Jeconiah was the most. Is that why they never mind? That's a yep. squirrel. Yep. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Yep. Shealtiel. That's in that's that's a dispute. We'll talk about that. Okay. Was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel. Okay. Yeah. And and that guy, the Z guy. Zerubbabel. Yeah, him was the father of Abid. I don't know. Abiudir. Okay, Probably. and Abuidid yeah. is the father of Alekium. Yeah, you know Alekium, right? No, Alekium <laughs> was the father of Azor, which I think are some islands in the Pacific. Yeah, and or Atlantic. I don't even know. And Azor was the father of Zaduk. Zadik. Now Zaduk sounds like a science fiction it's, it's bad Zadik. guy. Zadik. Was he a Zadik? Was he a yeah. good guy or a bad king? I don't. Remember. Was he a king or just a dude? I don't know. There's some of them that are dudes and dads. Man, we got to do some more. We got to We've got to study some more. I didn't know that. Zaduk, Zadok, was the father of Akam. And then that's your achy, breaky heart guy. Father of Akam is Akam is the father of. Hey, you're jumping ahead of me. It was Eliud, like fluid, but with an E. Yeah. And Eliud was the father of. Elazar. Elazar. Yeah. That's not right. It's Elizar. See, will you just let me say these? And Elizar was the father of Matt. You know, this is why people jump over this this section. Don't do it. 
go through it. We're almost through. Matt Fan, and Matt Fan was the father of another Jacob. Yes. What a great name. Yep. I love that. And Jacob, the father, here we go. Jacob was the father of Joseph. That I can pronounce. Notice how they say this. And the husband of Mary. Yep. Of whom Jesus was born. Let read that again. Yep. And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, yep. of whom Jesus was born. What does it not say? Um, he does not say he is from Jacob. Or he doesn't say he's from Joseph. It does, yeah, it doesn't say he's he begat no, Jesus. He did not. No. Nope. Because he didn't. Nope. Holy Spirit did. The Holy Spirit did. Right. Interesting. With Mary's permission. Yep. Right? Well, I don't know if she had well, a choice. I, a big angel shows up. Well, you, you have found favor with the Lord. You're going to have a baby. Yeah. I'm putting right. him there. Okay. And she's like, oh, oh, oh God. Okay. And okay. Okay. Jesus was born and who is called the Christ. All right. So uh, the done? executive producer's losing it. Are you yeah. okay over there? Yeah. Okay. She's okay. So wrapping up chapter verse 17. So all the generations from Abraham to David, why did I have to say that in a weird we're accent? That was weird. Generations. We're 14 generations. And from David to deportation to Babylon, 14 more generations. And from deportation to Babylon to Christ, 14 generations that there had we go. To, that had to be Woo! the best way to go through that i think everybody that's listening is saying man i wish all pastors would go through it like that you gotta have fun i mean if you can't laugh at it and have fun with it how in the world could you get you through know that? And we were talking earlier like so many people just skip over this yeah god put it there for a reason yeah for you he, to have fun with he it. wanted us to have fun with well, it, you need to laugh at yourself as you mispronounce these names well, well that's true yeah well, and then true. learn about them but too. i think he's got yeah. i think he's trying to teach us stuff Oh, yeah. Here. So maybe that's what we should do the show on today. Oh, he, I, we're always learning. Let's do that. Let's do All right. That. Let's go. So here we go. Statement number one. Genealogies were very, very, very important huge. to the Jews. Huge. 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 For without them, they could not prove their tribal membership. What do you mean tribal, Pete? Well, a, well they were the 12 tribes of sure. Israel, right? Yep. And this is, we're talking through, well, like halfway through there, yep. we get to the tribe of Judah, right? And they all had an inheritance, so they would not know the rights to their inheritance without, without, knowing, without their knowing their uh, genealogy. And they kept really good records. So anyone claiming to be the son of David had to be able to prove it. Yep. So scholars have concluded that Matthew gave us Jesus' family tree through his father, Joseph. So it's actually Joseph's family genealogy is technically it. It's not Dex, Jesus. Not Mary, Jesus, no, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, Joseph. While Luke is Mary's lineage. But you know, one of the things, that, let's just talk about this real quick. So, you know, we, we pass over this, but we don't realize that what Matthew is saying is that the prophecy that Jesus, I mean, that God gave Abraham, remember in, um, in uh, Exodus 12, when he, or is it, no, Genesis 12, not Exodus 12, Genesis 12, Genesis 11, Genesis 12 where he called him out of the land of Canaan. And he said, I'm going to make a few of the father of many nations. And through your seed, the seed, your seed is going to produce the Messiah, the heir, right? And then later what happened was David was then had a prophecy where Jesus came to David and said, through your line, yep. I'm this, the Messiah is going to come. I'm going to bless your seed. And so if you, you, you put them all together, Abraham to David, you can see that. We see that here. And then from David on, we see how that. So it's a big deal. So here's the birth. So what's happening in the world at the time is the world is king chaos. You know, there's Jesus is, or there's been no prophets really for about 400 years. There's been really no spoken word of God. There's been a lot of literature that's been written. The apocrypha books were written, some other things that were written during that time. 
But everybody was at this time was expecting the Messiah to come. They just anticipated it. Yeah. It's like it was in the air, right? Um, Israel is being occupied by Rome. Rome. And, and so all of that's happening. And the world in itself is, um, is godless, per se, right? It's, it's, the world is in need of a savior, right? So we were created, right, for by God, for God, and, and we were created to worship God. And so many people have lost understanding of why they were created, their purpose in life. They, that's all that's taking place. But Jesus, our God, from the very beginning, has always said, I'm going to bring a way. I'm going to bring a way to come back. I'm going to bring a way that you can have fellowship with me and worship me. And so that prophecy is a big deal. And so here it is, you know, the Messiah coming through Mary. And, this, and now we have this genealogy and that he's going to be the king of kings and a Lord of lords, that he's going to be, you know, at the very end, he steps foot on the Mount of Olives and he says enough and he's it, right? But this time he's coming as a baby. And this time he's coming to live a holy life. This time he's coming to show us the, the Gentiles and the Jews and the people alike, show us how to live holy, how to live in this world and all of the chaos and all of the pain and all of the evil and how to live holy. And he's showing us. And so his birth is huge. It's so significant. And so we don't want to ever lose sight of what's going on here. And so Matthew's like, here, let me try to prove to you that he has right to this. This isn't by accident. Mm. We, he didn't just make this up. There has been a plan from the beginning. It's been a strategic plan by God to bring it fo uh, forward to the, where it is today. And that's what we're reading. And that's what we remember. And that's what we celebrate. That's why we celebrate the birth of Christ and what he did. So as I said, um, uh, la, 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 la. Luke's gospel genealogy is that Mary starts from Adam. I told you that, yep. but it, when it gets to David, it changes. Solomon is in Matthew, but Nathan is David's son in Luke. So they went through the genealogy of Solomon and then, um, in Luke's thing, they went through the John Nathan. So everybody asked, well, why did they do that? Well, I believe one of the reasons why Luke, because Luke's a doctor, right? So he's more, um, maybe articulate, he's more Detailed. details. Yeah. You know, he wrote the book of Acts as well. So I think maybe he saw what Matthew was, or maybe it was a part of that. You know, he's like, oh, there's questions there. Well, here's the reason why there's I've questions. I've heard it said that Luke may be the best historian of all time. Yeah, he's I think so. very good at details and, and getting getting stuff right. So what he did was the reason why I believe, and in, in, in you, you got to understand who Jeconiah is. So in verse 12, it talks about Jeconiah begot um, Shelatiel and, and so on and then so on. But he, Jeconiah was the, one of the most wickedest kings Israel has never had, right? We can, we find that in, in, in um, I forget where we find it at, but I mean, it's like second Kings or third, you know, second Kings or in the Chronicles, we find it, but he was the worst, he was the worst king that we ever had. And so God placed a curse on him. And in Jeremiah 22, verse 30, it says that Jeconiah will remain childless and no man will be the seed, will, 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 he will be a seed that will prosper from him. So we're, we're sitting there, okay, okay, so here's this curse on Jeconiah. How in the world, if he's going to remain childless? Yeah, where'd Shealtiel come from? How, how did Shealtiel come from? Unless, did he already have him? How did that already happen? Did he have him before or not? Right. But, but the way that it's written, it was like he's never going to have a seed. He's never going to have that. So what took place? And, and it becomes a discretion. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's wrong. But when, when Luke picked it up, he went through Nathan, 
David's son, Nathan, and it completely bypassed Jeconiah. So it went through a different line and it bypassed. Both of them show that they goes to Jesus, but there's that discrepancy. So here's, here's what a lot of scholars, and there's about three or four different reasons why they think that might've happened. What I feel probably is the best is according to the Jewish culture, if a man dies that his brother then picks up the, 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 the heir, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later and that it still is in your line though. It's still according to your lineage because it's still within, that's your birthright. It's yours. Your kids are still going to get your inheritance, even though your brother picked up the role to become the child's mm. father. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's what took place. So it's still, he's still in within that frame. We don't know, but we know that that happened a lot through Jewish history. We know that because we're going to study it one in another part with Tamar. Um, so anyway, I don't want to beat that down, but that, it's kind of what's yeah, going on here in the first part. All right, let's go. All right, we, we mentioned this a little bit already too, mm. but statement two says, many Bible readers usually skip over this section of reading, especially all the unpronounceable names. Yeah, we had fun with it, so it was great. It was fun. Yeah. But this list of names is a vital part of the gospel record. It shows that Jesus is a part of history, yep. that all Jewish history prepared this prepared the way for his birth. Yeah, I, I, what I said here, and this is really hear me on this, and it, this is kind of fascinating to me because it kind of blows my mind and I'm still trying to wrap my brain around it. But God in his providence ruled and overruled to accomplish his great purpose and bring in his son into the world. And here's kind of what I mean by providence. The providence of God means that God is in control of all things. As one who is in control, he provides for people in all circumstances. This includes people who are about to commit sin, who are in sin. And the scripture is, a, there's a list, a number of ways in which God deals with people who are about to sin. One of the things is like, you know, I thought of Genesis 20, verse six, it says, you know, people that are continuing to sin, it says that then God said to him uh, in a dream, yes, I know that the integrity of your heart, you have done this. And I also kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I do not let you touch her. And that's talking about, remember, that the king that was going to touch um, Abraham's wife and that whole big thing that he did. But I believe that God protects us from sin. And I also believe that God works out even in our sin. So what we're going to talk about today, and I'm not going to get into the rest of what I put, but what we're going to talk about today is that Jesus genealogy or Jesus's family tree is messed up. Yeah. We just talked about Jochen, the most wicked king is in his genealogy. It's right there. Um, we have prostitutes, we have murderers, you know, look at, look at adulterers and David. Yep. I mean, we have the worst of the worst and, and Jesus is he's showcasing that. And he's still, you know, his providence, even in all of that, he still his line still came through. He still came as the, it's just, it's, it's mind boggling. I can't even comprehend it, but I, but I said that it overrules our decisions. I it's no matter what we do, God's perfect will is going to be done. Amen. And, and I, I, we just have to accept that. And, and, but it doesn't mean that we want to go be in a prostitute or go sin and go murder people, but it doesn't change the fact that God's perfect will won't be done. And that's, what's mind boggling to me. So he wants us to live holy. The reason why he came is for us to live holy. He wants us to live according to his will. But even in whatever the choices we make, 
God's perfect will, his providence will interrupt his, he will overrule. He will, he will still work still all things away. together. Always. Yeah. It's mind boggling. All right. The genealogy also illustrates God's wonderful grace. Kind of what you were just talking about it is most unusual to find the names of women in Jewish genealogy. It just yeah. didn't happen nope. since names and inheritances came through the fathers. But in this list, we will find four women from the Old Testament, from Old Testament history, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. Yeah, it's like, it's like, you know, how do you, how do you approach this genealogy? Do we go through every single name and whatever? I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so tedious. There's just, there's just too much there. Right. And so just let's pick out the, let's pick on the women. Let's pick on the women because it's the most <laughs> unique because it never happens. You don't, the Jewish people don't put their women in the genealogy. No. It just didn't happen. So, and, and so it's fascinating. So we, we got the women in this and, and we're going to kind of go through, you know, talk about them a little bit, but these four women were not even Jewish. That's the biggest thing. They were Gentiles. And so they were, they, Tamar and Rahab were Canaanites. They came from the land of Canaan. Ruth was a Moabite. Now she was born as uh, was born an Israelite, but married Uriah the Hittite, which legally made her a Hittite. Um, that Matthew seems to go out of his way to make clear to the Jewish readers that God had always intended for His blessings, His promises, and His rule to be for the people from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. It's never been about the blood of the people, but the belief and faith in the true and living God. And so it's it. From the very beginning, when Jesus was calling Abraham, he was telling them that the Gentiles were a part of this. He told them from the very beginning, even, you know, their sacrifices, even though they did the, 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 the lamb, the perfect lamb and all that. He, Jesus says, I can care less about the bleeding of the sheep. Yeah, I can care less about that. I just want a broken and contrite heart. I just want you to be broken before me. I just want you to love me. That's all he cares about. And so here are these four women. We're going to talk about their stories they became broken before the Lord. They became humble. They accepted that God was fully in control of their lives. And then God blessed them, even though they were prostitutes and did all these other things, <laughs> God still honored and blessed them. And so let's kind of just walk through these four and uh, go through it. So I think it's fascinating, you know, to talk about the birth of Jesus. And here we are talking about his genealogy and kind of what took place, but it's, it's pretty fascinating. It just, it's a message to all of us. His birth, brought a message to all of us of who this king is. Why is it important? So, all right, let's go into statement four. All right. Without Jesus's birth as a Gentile, we have no right to heaven or eternal life. We are all flawed sinners in desperate need of God's grace. These four women were all involved in sexual scandal and far from perfect, but God still chose to include them in his family tree. You know, I was thinking, but tomorrow, well, we're going to go through it. So I won't, I won't get up. <laughs> Squirrel, sorry. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get into it. You know, I, I see grace here. Um, Alistair McGrath said that uh, he's an Irish theologian. He said, within each of us exists the image of God. However, disfigured and corrupted by sin, it may presently be. God is able to recover this image through grace as we have conformed to Christ. And so, you know, God has looked at these women and his grace covered them. God looks at our sins, looks at our past, looks at our thoughts, looks at everything that we're doing yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And he says, listen, is your heart for me? Are you truly believing that I am your God? Am I your king? Is your heart for me? And if your answer is yes, then he says, my grace is sufficient. It covers the multitude of sins of yesterday, today, and Amen. tomorrow. So that's kind of, I mean, again, 
Jesus's birth gives us that opportunity to have that grace. Without that birth, there is no grace. I mean, yeah, I shouldn't say that. God still gives us the grace, but it's it's the grace covenant that he gives us. It's, mm. it's like we become adopted in. We become uh, a part of the family tree. You know, he's like, here, you're a part of my family tree now. Pretty crazy. All right. Any well, thoughts? No, let's let's dive into these four women. All so right. uh, let's start with Tamar. All right. We find the story of Tamar in Genesis 38. We yeah. learn that her first husband was so evil that God put him to death. Yeah, and this is Judah's uh, son. So his son was so evil that he's like, ah, yeah, I'm going to put you to death. You know, one of the, the patriarchs. All right. And she was left a widow. She was left a widow and childless. Tamar followed her cultural practice and married her husband's brother. But this brother didn't want to share his inheritance with children born to her. So God put him to death. Yeah. So you know why? Because he would have sex with her and then he would pull out before they can get pregnant because he didn't want to share in the inheritance. He was being evil. And I just say that because so that's much what it detail, says. but it is in the Bible. That is in yeah, the Bible. And, and, but people I mean, are like, what? That's yeah, in the Bible. Yeah. yeah. You need to read more. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's evil. It's evil. He was being evil. And so God's like, Hey, so it's like, God was protecting this girl, no matter what. It's just, it's fascinating to me. All right, go on. Tamar. Uh, so she would be left widow and childless again. And then Tamar dressed up as it. So Tamar pretends to be a prostitute. Yeah, well, she's thinking, well, how do I, God, what do I do? Right. You know, to keep this lineage go, because I want to be, I want to fulfill the culture. I want to do what God tells what, you know, later it became law. It wasn't law during this time. Later, they introduced it as law that this became law for the Jews to do. Um, so this is what she does. Yeah. She dresses up as a temple prostitute and put herself in the path of her father-in-law, Judah. So she seduced him to have sex with her and produce an heir. Yeah. She needed evidence, if you remember the story. So she asked him for a seal and a staff. Well, first she said, okay, so it was, what a bummer that Judah's doing this, by the way. So, yeah. I mean, it's here he right? is going to this level. But, but he, he was like, well, what payment are you going to give me? And he says, well, I'll bring a goat. Yeah. I'll pay you with a goat. Yeah. And she goes, I'll come back. I'll come back later. He goes, whoa, you're not going to leave here. I need to know what the payment is. And so he gave her a, a, a staff in the ring. So many people don't know this. And I'm just going to say it now that that's where we get our exchange wedding ring for, for the vows, because it was a vow that she, he gave, he gave her the ring. And that's wow. one of the reasons why we do the rings. So it started right here. All right. Wow. Judah sleeping with his daughter-in-law. That's it. <laughs> So those of you that don't think the Bible is real, there's no way anybody making up a story would put something like this in here. It is, just, it's in Jesus' family tree. It's even. crazy. Yeah. Um, so she asked him for a seal and a staff that, uh, that she wouldn't be killed and have proof of what actually happened. Her plan worked, and she gave birth to twins, fathered by her father-in-law. Ew. And one of her twins' name was Perez, which became part of Jesus' family, part of Jesus' family tree. That's just fascinating to me. So, so that's Tamar. Yeah. So, but nothing we have done in the past can separate us from Jesus. So nothing. So Jesus, I mean, I'm telling he overrides things. Right. So here he is. I mean, don't you get into the thing and something bad happens or boom, that guy's dead. The next person, I mean, whatever it takes. <laughs> He had a plan. He has a plan. And and those she, guys were getting in the way. She took control over it. It wasn't right that she had to take control. God could have given Judah a vision or woke him up in the middle of the night and said, hey, I want you to take that and keep the lineage going. 
He could have, but she took it in her own hands and, and became a prostitute. That's not the very best way, but, but, but it's still in the Bible and God's still talking about it. And Jesus's family tree is, she's in the family tree. And then Perez is a part of that. So it's kind of, it's like fascinating what, how, if you really study the Bible, how it just, how it works, <laughs> it's real people raw yeah. doing real things. And God is still in control, you know, and I, I wrote this, um, Jerry Bridges, he's a, um, he's a Christian author and he's passed on now. Uh, he worked with the navigators. Have you ever heard of them? But he said, your worst days are never so bad that you are beyond the reach of God's grace. And your best days are never so good that you're beyond the need of God's grace. Mm. And so, I mean, it's, it's here she is, it's her worst day. Her two husbands have died. She's, she's, she's gone to being a prostitute now. She's like, Oh, I don't know what else I'm going to do. She's just, it's her worst. She's at the worst. Right. And then God then still turns it out for good that Perez comes through and the, the Messiah comes through his, his lineage. I mean, it's just <laughs> mind boggling. All right, let's go on. Crazy. Anybody that says the Old Testament's boring isn't isn't reading it. This stuff gets me excited. Right. All right, let's move. All right, let's go on to Rahab. Uh, we find her story in Joshua 2 and 6. She ran a brothel in Jericho. She heard about God's army advancing towards her town, and she knew that they would win and help the Israelite spies on her people. And in so doing, she became part of the Israelite family. She and her family were the only ones saved from the destruction of Jericho. The former madam made a mother and grandmother and still found a way into Jesus's lineage. Oh, she was a madam. I mean, she was, she ran the brothel. Yeah. She was a full on madam. And, and, and again, what is Jesus thinking? What in the world Why? is God thinking? You couldn't pick a different What person. What is going on? And, and it just, and again, how do you not see God's grace? How do you not see the goodness of God? Because God isn't looking at the outward. What was he looking at? Heart. He looked at her heart. She was willing. She was fearing God. She was fearing that they're going to win. She believed in the mightiness of God. And so she humbled herself and says, I need to do something here. Because I know that they're right, and I'm not. And I know that we need to change. And so she humbled herself. She helped them out. And God blessed her. And he adopted her. And he grafted her into the family. And then her family tree is now a part of the Messiah. No matter what she did, God still saw through that and worked it together. It just blows my mind. You know, it's, it's funny because we, we read these stories and we're like, how could they use people? Like, how could Jesus use people like that? And like, it's so funny because we see other people sin different than our own. Oh, yeah. We're no different. Oh, no. We're, we're just as we're, bad or worse we're, we're, sometimes. <laughs> it's like God sees it's sin, sin is sin. And, it, you know, until we get to our sin, then we're like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. But when we look at other people saying that, we're like, oh, yeah, that's, how could he do that? Well, I mean, I look at it, this as like, like God is about doing the impossible. And, and so like there's, there's some sins or I've murdered 15, like Jeffrey Dahmer. I've murdered all these people and I did all these things. But Jeffrey Dahmer gave his life to the Lord. Many people don't know that. Um, but I think God is about doing the impossible in your life. I, I don't care what have you done. I don't care where you've been. God can still do something in and through you. And he can still take over. I, I thought about the impossible verses. I thought of Matthew 19, 26. He says, with men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. God can change your life. Mark 10, 27 says, with men, it's impossible, but not with God. 
God can do the change. God can take over your life and take you out of that lifestyle, take you out of that frame of mind, take you and heal you of whatever that is that's alienate you. Luke one thirty seven says, with God, nothing will be impossible. Luke 18.27 says, the things which are impossible with man are possible with God. So we have to just remember that no matter where we're at right now in our life, no matter how screwed up or how bad we've made it, God is in his providence is still working all things together for our good. And all he wants to do is love you. All he wants to do is have fellowship with you. He just wants to be your God. He just wants to love you and provide for you and take care of you. And that's, that's what I see here. So I don't know. God, right, let's go. He delights in turning scoffers into saints. That's right? it. It's just crazy. All right. On to Ruth. Yeah. We find her story in Ruth one through four. How convenient. That should be easy one to find. Yeah. She was a Moabite. And that means that she traced her ancestry, not to Abraham, but to his nephew, Lot. Lot was the guy that impregnated his daughters while being drunk. The family, again, every one of these stories. That's just weird and twisted in in every way. Yes. 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 But I think it happened with Adam and Eve, though, back in the day. That's just, I don't even want to get into that. This is weird. Just big one. Well, well how I get what how choice they, they had no other yeah, choice. Yeah. They, they were the only people there. Yeah, yeah good point. Yeah. The family itself was an incestuous yep. family. Yep. And the culture Ruth came from. Her husband died and left her childless. So she moved to Bethlehem with her mother in law, Naomi. Yep. There she met a godly man named Boaz. And he redeemed her, married her, and gave her a child. Thus, Ruth, a foreigner brought into the family, became a great grandmother to David whose greater son was Jesus. All right. So here's this Gentile, right? She's a Moabite. Here's this Gentile. She's from different ancestry. She's not even blood. Um, her son, her, her husband dies. You know, he's all about incest. And that's just what their heritage is. Not anything really good, right? It's just bad. And then, you know, you know, the book of Ruth is just an incredible book. If you haven't read it, read, read through it. Just yeah, and you can to- read it in one sitting too talking about the redeemer and boaz and it's not a coincidence it's in bethlehem i don't think that's a coincidence nope. that's where jesus was born no nope. that's not a coincidence i mean that's it's it's kind of you know god is saying hey this is what's going on yeah yeah it is so anyways where are we at oh so to me i was saying that this you know in need of a miracle and you feel hopeless this christmas season um god can redeem your life and make you whole again so amen i mean she was in need of a miracle so she like here she is up in a different region. She comes down and she's in Bethlehem. Nothing great is in Bethlehem. I mean, even to this day, it's smaller, but back then it was like really small. So it's like, all right, I need a miracle. I don't know what's going on. I mean, she, she's just in need, but Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind is anything too hard for me. No. And I think, I think Ruth can say no. I think Ruth, when she read that, at first was like, I have no idea, God, how you're going to make this right. But he made it right. You know, Job 5, 8, and 9 says, but if I were you, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Mm-hmm. So here's Job saying that. And, and if you're in, in desperate need of a miracle, well, guess what? We're proving you a shot of a doubt that here's this seed 
Jesus came, the Messiah, through this birth, and he's a God of miracles. Amen. And the Bible says in context, he sh- it proves without a shadow of a doubt, miracle after miracle after miracle. Just, just by us reading this and breaking this down is proving the miracle. What, what did you say that makes me think that the authenticity of the Bible or yeah, the divinity it just of proves the, it to me, proves it over and because over again. Nobody would have written a story like there's this. no way it just how did they especially back then? I mean, they, they, there's no other writings. How like, do you connect all the dots? You, you it doesn't it doesn't happen. It has to be a miracle. It has to be God breathed. All right. hundred yep. percent. All right. Last but not least is Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah. We find it interesting how, again, how she's called the wife of Uriah, yep. not the wife of David. Yep. We find her story in 2 Samuel 11 and 12. We all know this story. David has an affair and then kills her husband to cover up the affair. Guys, get off the get off the, the balcony. If yes. you see a Be naked, careful wo- if you see a naked woman, at. don't go back to that spot. That's right. Yeah. That's the lesson. Well, one of the lessons there. Oh, yeah. Careful what you're looking at. Oh, absolutely. Um, but God restored her and gave her a son. Solomon, the yes. wisest king ever to live, and he found his way into Jesus's genealogy. Yeah, God works all things together for good. How many times have we said that? Um, a few. Yeah, I mean that's Romans eight twenty nine eight. If anybody, well, each one of these women are are, are testament to that. I mean, that's their living history that proves that point. You know, I, let me just let me just kind of clarify the what it what it means for God to work all things together for good. Let me just let me just I made some notes here. It says. Those who love God can trust his goodness, his power, and his will to work out all things for our good. We journey together with him. That's what it's saying. So we're journeying together with God. We can trust God with our journey, okay? The promise that God works all things together for good does not mean that all things taken by themselves are good. That's right. You got to understand that. So some things and events are decidedly bad. Truth is, evil happens. People still get cancer. It's bad. It happens. But God is able to work them together for good. He sees the big picture. He has the master plan. And so what we're studying right now is seeing the master plan unfolded. That's right. His providence oversaw all of history and got to where we're at. Same thing with us. We don't know the person that we talked to that we impacted, maybe the nurses or, or maybe, you know, our friend or whoever it is. We don't know how God is going to take that seed, that promise, that time, whatever it is in our life. And he's going to fast forward it and he's going to change the world afterwards or whatever it is that God, we don't know. We don't know like this podcast when someone's going to listen to it five years from now. We don't know, but someone can pick it up and their life can be changed. Maybe you're listening to this and they look back and says, hey, man, it's exactly five years and I'm listening to this. Well, God's <laughs> talking to you. Right. God's telling you that he wants your whole life, your whole being. It's not an accident. It's not an accident. So, all right. That's really good. Yeah. All right. Jesus came from a long line of outsiders, outlaws, scoundrels, and sinners. Here's your good title. Yeah. When he entered into the world, he entered into the messiness of the human family, even in his own family. In fact, he was the only one in his family that did not bring shame to it, to that family. Mm. Instead, think about that. He took upon himself the shame of every person in the family tree. Gosh. Wow. He did. I, I mean, that's just why, that's what he did. That's what I'm saying. It's like he lived this perfect life. He never brought shame to the family. And understand in the Eastern culture, that's a big deal. So, I mean, you, if you do something that's out of line, you're bringing shame to the family and not in our Western culture as much. It's, it doesn't, you know, we don't care a lot of times, but in the Eastern culture, it's big. The families live together. They bring honor to the family. They honor their mom and dads a lot more than we do. They respect them. They do. There's a, just a lot of that. We don't want to bring shame to the family. 
but Jesus, man, he, he says, well, you know what? My family trees are messed up, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to set that right. And, and when Jesus died on the cross and he rose again on the third day, he, he ushered in new life. Gone are the old things. Behold, all things are now made new. And in Jesus, we now are a royal priesthood. We are a perfect saint. We are spotless and blameless. Uh, we are as white as snow. I mean, it's, I can go on and on and on. Grafted into the family. That is what we are. And, and, and if we remain in him, we will bear fruit. If we remain in him, we will act and do and think and be as what Jesus was on this earth. We will become holy. We will become a person of righteousness. We will become a person that is filled with goodness and love and gentleness and kindness. That is what he left us. He didn't just say, hey, I'm going to take care of everything. I want to change you. I want to transform you. I want to make you whole. I want to make you have purpose. I want to give you fulfillment. I want to bring, I want to bring you everlasting peace and eternal life. It's just mind-boggling, but that's the birth of Jesus. He, he cleanses. He redeems us. He, he, he works everything together. He takes our bad and he makes it good. That's the Jesus we serve. Amen. So, I don't know. Thoughts? All right. No, I just, that's, I'm just, I can't wait to the next two weeks. So we got one more, one more thing I want to wrap up here. And then, man, I'm, I'm excited as we dive into this. Yeah. So uh, final thing, there were many Jewish men that could have traced their family back to King David. Matthew knew it would take more than human, than a human pedigree to make Jesus the son of David and heir to David's throne. That's why next week we will unpack the divine heredity and show why it is so important to to authenticity to the authenticity of Jesus's claim to be the king. Yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of people back then that would probably say, "I'm, you know, I'm a I'm a bloodline of David," you know, and they probably had like they were probably pompous and they were probably like walking around. Yeah. And I'm sure there was a lot of people. I'm heir, you know, to the king, and I'm sure there was a lot of that because. I mean, and they, they keep really good records back then. So they knew, everybody knew. So, but that needs to be the first thing, the first domino that needs to prove that, hey, you have a right to the king. You have a right to the throne, right? So, but because of that, they knew that they had to prove more. And that's, the Holy Spirit knew that as well. And so we're going we're gonna to get into the, to the divinity of it. We're going to get into the miraculous of it because it's like, you know, Matthew's like, ah, you know, we just got done studying the first 12 chapters of John and, and John was just like overly proven yeah. without a shadow of a doubt. Here's a sign. Here's there a is. sign. That's here's right. a sign. Here's a sign. Here's a sign. Well, Matthew's <laughs> doing the same thing here and that's what's taking place. So yeah, this is going to be exciting to uncover you know, Jesus's birth, we're looking at it from a different direction. We, you know, I don't think you and I would ever want to just go through the genealogy and break it out. <laughs> it was like fun that, though. Normal, but we had fun with it. We made it fun. All right, let's do this in closing. I wrote these statements down and I just want to read them and just really just talk to everybody that's listening. I said, as we consider the kind of people who are a part of family of Jesus, I can't help but ask, is there something in our own story that makes us think we could never belong to God's family? Has a mm. sense of shame shaped our sense of self so that we think our name will not be found on the list of names that um, than those who call Jesus or wait, of those whom Jesus calls beloved brothers and sisters? So my friend, let me say this to you. If the story and secrets of your life were recorded for all we read, all to read, 
as the stories of Abraham and Sarah and Judah and Tamar and Rahab and Ruth and David and Bathsheba recorded for us to read. If your story includes sexual scandal, such as adultery, incest, becoming pregnant by someone who you're not married to, you're going to fit right into God's family. Mm -hmm. If you've been deceitful or been hateful, if you've used or destroyed other people to get what you wanted, if you flaunted your religious credentials to impress those people, when in reality you wanted nothing to do with God himself, welcome to the family. If you've taken God's generous provisions to you for granted, if you've doubted God's promises, if you've presumed, presumed upon God's protections while also ignoring him, we can see the family resemblance in you have no hope to be, oh wait, we can see the family resemblance if you have no hope to be accepted into God's family other than perfect record of your righteous brother Jesus, then you can be sure you've found your forever family. No one gets into God's family by being born into it. You must be reborn into it. And no one gets into God's family through good behavior. The only way any of us become a part of his family is by grace through faith. Amen. And I wrote that and I was thinking about that. And I was just saying, <laughs> I don't know where I would be without God's grace. And it just, it humbles me because I know how I was. I know how my mind is. I know how I've thought. I know where I'm at today. I know the struggles that I deal with. And it was hard for me to accept God's grace. It was hard for me to accept that Jesus is enough. What he did when he paid it all for me, it was enough. And when I finally came to terms with that, and I finally surrendered to God, and I believed in him, and I fully trusted him, and I accepted his grace for what it was, it rocked me. It changed me. It transformed me. It made me a new creation in Christ. It made me different. I now love people. I now think of others above myself. At, not always. Listen, I fall short. Not always. But, I, but it's on my mind. It's on my heart to want to please God. It's on my heart to want to lift others and to love them and to, to sacrifice my own wants for other people's needs. And it's, he's changed me. And I know that there's people that are listening today and they feel hopeless. Welcome to the family. Right. If you feel lost, Jesus is here to save you. He's here to help you be found. He's here to, to set you free from the bondages of your sin. He's here to cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He's here to bring you hope, to bring you life. He's here to, to graft you into the family tree. He's here to... to, to Build a legacy in and through your life. He's here to fast forward and use you for generations to come. And all he asks is that you would just humble your heart right now. He just asks that you would repent of your sins. He would just ask that you would believe upon him, that you would accept him as your Lord and personal Savior, that you would believe that he died and rose again on the cross. You would believe that he is God. And if you do that, the Bible says that you are, you are saved. The Bible, Jesus says, welcome, good and faithful servant. The Bible says that if you live according to his will and his purposes, that he will fulfill all things through you by his grace. And that's amazing. It's amazing because what is all? Well, God says, I'm taking care of everything now. You're no longer responsible for it. All I want you to do is worship me and serve me and live for me and, and, and walk in fellowship with me. And if that's what you want to just cry out in your heart, get in your knees before God 
Just find yourself a quiet room and just pray that prayer and just pray it from the bottom of your heart. And if you do that, the Bible says all the angels in heaven are going to rejoice. They're having a party because of what you did. They get the significance. They, 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 they're excited because they're going to get to have fellowship with you for all eternity. But if you don't do that, then the consequences is that you're going to live in hell for all eternity. I, I didn't say that. The Bible said that. Jesus, Jesus basically says, listen, I'm a holy, perfect God, and, and I, I have come to redeem the world. But if you choose not to be redeemed, if you choose to reject what I'm giving you, then you're condemning yourself to hell. Don't do that today. Surrender to Jesus. Give him your life. Bob? So good, Pete. Thank you for that. Um, guys, if you, know, if you made that decision that you know, it's time, it's time for me to open that gift of salvation, man, we want to hear about it. Would you, uh, would you share with us either on our social media or jump onto our website at riotpodcast.co.co? Man, there's tons of resources on there. Check on the no, the No God tab, and man, there's just a lot of different things in there that uh, will, I think, answer a lot of questions. But if there's something that you can't get answered, man, would you reach out to us? We yeah. would love to talk to you. We'd love to, Always. to to be able to help you and walk you through that, uh, help you find a, a good Bible teaching church in your area or just answer questions that you may have. Man, we're here for you. Reach out. Um, you can use go to the Riot Podcast at Facebook. You can go to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to the podcast, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, you already know where that's at. Just comment below and, and ask your questions. And uh, while you're there, make sure you hit click uh, or click the uh, the the uh, I can't speak today. Click the little bell so you get notified every time a new podcast comes out and subscribe. And then finally, please share this. Would you share this podcast with yeah. somebody, you know, a friend or just somebody, a family member, someone you think we could just uh, benefit from from hearing what we talked about today? It's been an amazing show, Pete. And this is just the beginning. So we're calling this part one, right? Yeah, really. This is going to be really a, a three-part show yeah. and uh, as we lead into christmas and uh, i pray that uh, that you are blessed by today's show i hope you know we tried to we tried to have a little fun at the same time we man this is this is really good stuff there's a reason god put this in his book yeah. he, he wants us to know this stuff and Amen. you know your family tree is no more messed up than god's family <laughs> tree trust me and you know so we you know as we come to this time of year where we're spending more time with family maybe you know i, I know for me i spend more time with family uh, these six weeks than i do the rest of the year combined mm. so it's just an opportunity to you know to love on them and uh, man some and Trust me, some people need more patience than others, <laughs> and our, well, we need more patience yes, with amen. others. So, uh, you know, it just Both help ways. us help <laughs> us with that, Lord, and help us to be uh, just help us to be a light for you as we, um, Lord, as we just go to you know our family members and man, we may, maybe we're spending time with people that we know don't know you. Yeah. Help us to be the Jesus, you know, that maybe be the only Jesus they get to see this mm. this uh, Christmas season. So, great show, Pete. I always enjoy hanging out with my brother yeah, and uh, man, awesome. I, I look forward to next week so much. Thank you guys for listening. I pray it's been a blessing to you as well. May the Lord bless you and keep you and may his face shine upon you as you get to just walk in fellowship and intimacy with Jesus this week. God bless you. This has been the riot podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the riot podcast.